Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is my buddy Dan Guerin, or Daniel Guerin, depending on where you look for him. Uh, we go over a ton of different stuff in there. He's a good guy. He's a very smart guy. He's got a lot of experience. Specializes in growth. You'll learn a lot about him. We talk about a lot of different things that you can apply to business or real estate. So there's a lot of key takeaways in this episode that will make it worth your time to listen to. Uh, he started in the pool business. Um, learned a lot of lessons we'll talk about that helped him scale that up to a multi-million dollar business. Uh, he's a veteran. Uh, we talk organizational tips for unorganized people. We talk how to get to 100% effectiveness in your business personally and professionally. We talk about plugging holes in the boat early to make sure that when your business does take off, you make sure that you have a good foundation and don't have something sinking that you can't go back and rebuild. We talk about the importance of doing what you say, hiring for strength. We talk about integrity, being reliable. The difference of knowing something versus actually implementing something, which is a huge piece and a huge takeaway for many people during this episode. We talk about picking markets and the difference between going wide across the country or going deep into one specific market. We talk about the difference in investing in cash flow markets versus appreciation markets and the pros and cons of both and maybe when to do each of those strategies. We talk about dispositions and building a buyer's list, which is selling your deals and how to prioritize your buyers. We talk about actual numbers on actual deals he's doing in Cincinnati, singles, base hits, home runs, uh, a whole different version so you can see how some of them fit in. Uh, we talk about not waiting for the perfect deal and what a lot of investors do and a huge mistake that they are making. We talk about financing and ways to structure deals that you can borrow less money, do more deals with that money, and actually pay a better rate of return or cash on cash return to your investors by doing so by utilizing some different strategies, which you may know, which you may not be implementing exactly like we talked about. Um, so in spending your lender database, increasing returns, and we talk a lot about the difference between um, having integrity, knowing you have integrity and actually having it and doing it. We talk about self-awareness. We talk about accountability and all the ways that this can make you successful. Some of his favorite books and some of the lessons he's learned from Grant Cardone, um, from um, Gary Vee, I think he talked about maybe. Um, and we talk about Mark Evans. We talk about Bob Evans. So a couple of cool things in there. As always, this is sponsored by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. And most importantly, if you are looking to get into real estate, go to nickandnick.com. Check out our free ebook on things you can do to invest in this market and things you should have learned over the last year to look out for to make sure that you don't get caught with your pants down and you wind up following specific things that can help you make sure that you stay on top of what's changing in the market because things are always shifting. So quick read, free on the website, costs a little bit of money on Amazon, but jump on nicknicknick.com, get your free ebook, read through it so you know what you should be looking for and you can learn those things to keep your markets dialed in when they start to shift so you will not get hurt or get caught not knowing what you're doing. Um, but more importantly, let's get you into some real estate. So if you go to nicknicknick.com slash links, we can get you involved in some real estate deals, whether you want to buy properties from me, whether you want to sell properties to me, or you don't even really know where you fit in and you just want to have a discussion and try and figure out maybe we can partner on some stuff or how do you get involved or have a discussion of what you should be looking for or where you fit into this equation. 
we can figure out where to put you in this recipe. So nicknicknick.com, you can contact me, but also nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, all the ways to follow me on social media, direct message me on any of those, as well as um, contact uh, contact me and subscribe to the podcast on that as well. You'll see all the different places like Apple and it's been and Spotify and all these different places. So please don't just listen, subscribe. It all makes a big difference. Um, and we can get you in some real estate deals, whether it's residential, fix and flips, commercial, cash flow, developments. Um, you're looking for just a good rate of return or you want to JV and sell some properties. You have buyers, I have deals, or I have deals, you have buyers, whatever it may be. We can figure it out. Let's make this the year and make you some money. NickNickNick.com, NickNickNick.com slash links. And most importantly, my buddy, Dan Guerin. This is a fun one. I really appreciate it and always have a great time talking to him. Good guy, a lot of knowledge. So I'm glad he's putting himself out there. I think you guys are going to love him and love this. Thank you for listening to the A-Game Podcast. Have a great day. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast from Upstreet Properties slash LLC is uh, Dan Guerin. He's a buddy of mine. He is a uh, successful real estate investor out of Cincinnati, and he is coming on the podcast today. And I have to say, this might be the best day of my life. I have been trying forever to get Dan Guerin on this podcast. And he shoots me down and he ridicules me and he makes, no, he doesn't do those things. I don't ridicule. Guy. I don't ridicule. I, he does. not ridicule. I, I'm glad you came on because you're a, you're a fun guy. You're a smart guy. You're an experienced guy. You owe Chris Kelly $25,000. No, 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 no. He owes me $25,000. That's the deal. I don't know. if you. So if you go back and you listen to that, no, I'm just, I, I can give a cheap plug in there for the other episode. <laughs> no, man, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I, I always, we always jump oh, on the phone man. every time we talk, like an hour goes by. And I'm like, dude, that would have been a great podcast. Why can't right. we record these things? And and, right. uh, and we jumped on and we did it. So a lot of different things to talk, talk about. But first and foremost, um, give a quick background on yourself because I know you started with another business before you got into real estate. And I love talking about the parallels behind those things. Yeah, so um, Dan Garen, Cincinnati. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. Um, you know, it's it, it's been a while to get here, but hey, <laughs> we're here now. So that's what counts. Um I got I got out of the army in 2007 and uh, uh, got it did it did a couple of different construction type things but then uh, really kind of found my niche in uh, doing uh, con- commercial swimming pools uh, repair construction stuff like that uh, not really building them but you know kind of rebuilding them whatever you know um, ended up running that division and uh, started it from nothing. Um, I was, I was, it was me and another guy that started and then, uh, you know, we took over and, and, and grew it. Uh, I took over actually two years in is when I started, uh, started doing it, uh, it, actually running it, um, started out at, uh, at the end of the, the year before I took over, they did 300,000 in, uh, sales. Uh, first year I took over, we did 725. Then, uh, second year 1.25 million and then third year 2.15 million so um growth is kind of my thing and uh you know yeah i mean that's that's why i'm excited to be doing real estate now where i I can get a little more um you know direct direct result because that the other one was not my company so um you know whenever it's not whenever you don't control it um you're kind of captive to whoever you're with. So Definitely. it's good though. I, I, I learned a ton while I was there. So I, I would not change anything about the way I went around it. Well, first off, thank you for your service. Oh yeah. You're welcome. 
And, um, you know, we'll, we'll dig into the real estate part of that too. But one of my favorite quotes is always how you do anything is how you do everything. And I, I remember we met right, I think right before, was it your first kid you were about to have? No, no, was it? No, you were about to have, kid, I guess it was the most my recent. fourth kid. <laughs> it was my fourth. Yeah. 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 It was my fourth. That was, uh, actually that's, that's, that is a funny story. Now that you bring it up, I actually booked a, um, booked a, I signed up for one of these, uh, for the mastermind. That's, that's how we met. And I signed up and I was like, Hey, listen, I, I was ready to go. I signed up me and a buddy and we booked it. And I texted my wife. I was like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. I'm going here. Uh, and this is the date. And she's like, okay. She goes, are you doing anything else that day? I'm like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I'm like, no. She's like, I'm scheduled to have the baby that day. She's ahead of my C-section. So she's like, you're not going. So that, that was a complete freak out. So I had to, uh, I had to change everything. Luckily, everybody was, everybody was good, but yeah, it was super funny. The story. And, and then, then, then they like book like another trip right after that. Cause I remember then you had to like reset. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to go like a week after that. I'm like, yeah, I can go like this. This is our fourth kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> By the time you get to number four, it's like, eh, you know, eh, you're good. We're good. Are you good? I'm good. Yeah. So <laughs> they raise themselves. Yeah. Apparently she was not good with me going. So yeah, well, I had to reschedule that one too, which is a week after, but. Yeah, I remember I was talking to Francis and uh, and I was like, yeah, I was like, where's dad? He's like, oh man, he's out. And then the week after he was like, I talked dad, he's back in. And I was like, all right, all right we're back in. <laughs> yeah, it was silly. So it was anyways. fun because I remember you were, uh, you got up in front of the group and you were telling the story about how you grew that company. And I remember being really impressed. And uh, I forget if my partner, Nicole, was there with me that one or not, but I, I hit her up after and I was like, man, like this, this dude's awesome. And, uh, you know, I knew you were in Cincinnati. And I remember being excited for you transitioning into real estate on a full-time level because yeah. of that exact thing. So as far as just taking things in systems and, and, and handling things for growth, is that something that's always been going on in your brain or is that something that the structure of the military helped you with? Because I, I suck at organization. I'm not an organize, organized guy whatsoever. Um, the one thing that I did that, uh, it, it, a couple of things with that. One, I ended up taking one of these, one of these Tony Robbins, you know, personality things or whatever, you know, it's, it's whatever they, so they can funnel you into a, into a, into a funnel and then you just get their advertisement. But I ended up taking this like test and it said, what it, what drives you? What is the trait that drives you the most? And um, the thing that came up as my number one driver was growth. And I never realized it. I was actually sitting outside of a flip that I had at the time. And it was uh, at the end of the year, I had just quit my job. And I took this test um, and I looked at it and I was like, gross. Okay, that makes sense. And that makes sense of a lot of the different things that that have went on in my past. So I was able to look at that and I was be like, oh my gosh, like this isn't like growth is really what drives me. Um, and that's why I get frustrated. Like when, it, when I feel stagnant, I get like ultra frustrated. Um, 
and that's what it was with the company. You know, I, you know, w- when we were growing the company, me and the guy that had hired me, you know, we had talked about, Hey, this is what we want to do. And this is where we want to go. And then it was, it was talk up to that point. And I was like, well, let's go. Let's like, let's get there. And we never ended up getting there. So, you know, at, at two years in, I was like, listen, this is, this has got to change. So then they gave it to me and then it was like a light switch. And it was just, it, I think it comes from just driving and driving and driving. Um, but there's a, a ton of stuff that I learned from that. Cause once I took over that position, that's when I started focusing on myself and being a better leader. Like I knew at that time I got, I had a lot of good, you know, obviously the military is probably, you know, the best leadership school around. Um, from that, I had a lot of the traits, but I didn't really know how to connect them together because I wasn't really at that level when I got out. I was only in for four years. So when I got out, I was like, man, I, I started going and, and I wanted to lead and lead and lead. And that's kind of my, I just kind of naturally fall into it, I guess. Um, but um, when I started when, when things really started to take off for me was when I really started focusing on myself and how can I be better um, as a leader, as a business person, all that. So Gary Vaynerchuk was one of the, was one of the ones that I, I would listen to a lot. And he had that, he had this thing in my, my boss and I'll, I'll never forget this. And it kind of drives what I do now is he, he said, so part, part of my job, I, I did a lot of the sales for for the uh, swimming pool company and we would have to write a lot of a lot of uh, proposals I was terrible at writing I like literally horrendous so I said listen like dude I'm not good I've never written a paper in my entire life like all through school I never did it in school I homeschooled in high school so I never did like it was it was it was not good so I don't know how to write not not that I don't know how to write but I mean (laughs) When when it talks about like, you know, writing out like a paper, I don't know how to do that. So it was always a struggle for me. And I said, listen, like, I'm not good at, he's like, you have to get better. You have to get better. You have to get better. Well, one of the things Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is he, he basically says you double down on your weakness or double down on your strengths and just forget about your weakness, hire that out. Uh, Because if you're at 80%, is, is a strength and we'll just use 80%, 85%. If you can, if you can really work on that and you can get to 95%, man, you're firing on all cylinders, you're going, or you can get as close to hundred percent as possible. That's what you want to do. He says, but if you're at 30% in something, you can work as hard as you want and put all the time in the world in all this stuff and you're only going to get to 40 or 45% effective. So why would you waste your time? At that time, you're going to put all this time in, all this work, and you're still not going to be any good at it. Where, why would you not just hire somebody out? That was a huge revelation for me, but my boss didn't see it that way. And, and to this day, he, he just kept saying, you got to get better uh, until something switched in him. And I was just like, I'm not doing it. So we got to either hire somebody or not. So then we, ha- we ended up hiring somebody. So, but I, that, that's how I look at stuff today. And I remember, and I look back at what he did and I don't ever want to do that. So that's, that's kind of how I 
lead today, taking a negative and turning it into, okay, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that to somebody. So I'm not going to lead that way. And I'm not going to think that way. I, it's a, it's a limiting mindset. I love that. So a, a few things with that, you know, I was behind a, a couple of companies that were, were, they grew very big and I, I got to sit back and watch a lot of the good and the bad decisions. I watched the things that made the company skyrocket. And then I watched the decisions that maybe people didn't see on the surface, but I watched trickle back that were holes in the boat that eventually sank the ship. Right. And it's like you said, you know, I, I didn't own the company. I was high up in the company, but that experience for business and learning not necessarily what to do, but what not to do yep. is invaluable. It's helped yeah. me so much. And, you know, and exactly like you're saying, there was things that we would bring up, like you need to delegate this out. No, I want you to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, but that's now at the expense of, of all these other things. And people look yeah. at it as that's an expense now versus that's an investment because it's going to help me allow you to go out and do the things that you're good at, which is yeah. going to make you more money, which is going to make you more productive. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, and I, I find myself struggling with it too. I think we all do at times, no matter whether it's your first hire or your fifth hire or like a new anything, anytime money's got to go out and you, you don't initially see the results of that, you tend to go like, well, I, you know, I want to save money, but you don't realize that you're actually hindering your, your, your growth, which is what you're yeah. best at. So yeah. what are some of the, the things that you saw that you learned from that business, aside from delegating out what you're good and bad at, that you carried over into future businesses of, of maybe things to do, maybe things not to do as, as a business leader or as a business owner. Yeah, so that's one of the, that's one of the other, uh, that's one of the main things that I took, but one of the others is um, I know from a business perspective why people do things that they do, but I will do things now, and, and, and I was impacted in such a way you have to do what you say you're going to do, even if, even if it's a mistake, and even if even if it's the wrong thing. I mean, obviously, if it's going to sink everything, then no. But if if I say if I say I'm going to do something, then you know it may hurt for me to say, man, you know what? I I probably shouldn't have said that. But that's the expectation that I got. Like, so for instance, um, with my sales guys, if I say I'm going to pay a certain amount um, and that's what we agree to at the beginning, then that's what I need to do. Uh, Even if it hurts and it sucks and I probably shouldn't be doing that, it takes money out of my pocket. Um, Same with lenders. Lenders is a big one. You know, at the beginning, you know, you're, you're doing whatever you can do just to get, just to get people to lend you money. So you're making promises that you probably shouldn't make. And, um, but looking back now, it's like, and I, I, I could have gotten out of that or I could have changed it. I could have, I could have went back to them and been like, Hey, uh, I made a mistake, but I had that. And, and, and I did, but I said, I'm going to fulfill my obligation, but next time we're going to change. We have to change it because I made a mistake. But a lot of people, a lot of people would just say, no, I, I'm just going to tell them I made a mistake and they can deal with it. You know, integrity to me is more important than anything. Um, you know, it, that's, that's just the way it is. I'm not, uh, no. It's just, so I guess 
if we're looking for a takeaway from the other company, do what you say you're going to do, even if it hurts. Because sometimes it does. I mean, we, you know, we make mistakes in business and whatever, and it hurts, but I'm never going to sacrifice my integrity like other people have in, the, in, my, in my past. So. Man, I think that that's huge. The, that transfers over to life in general. And mm-hmm. the more people I talk to across the board, which is why I like talking to, to different people, not just real estate people. But I've heard this, I, I think I, I repeated this like a hundred times, but even like um, Joe Luchulio, who's on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he was telling a story about how he was on some other TV show and he, and he like wasn't bringing his A game. He, he wasn't because he was, he was looking at, well, this isn't where I want to be. I want to be on a bigger show or a b- bigger movie or getting a different right. thing. And somebody pulled him aside and was like, dude, if you don't like bring your best here now and see that people can count on you, they're never going to call you for the other yep. thing. So there is no other thing if you don't like crush this opportunity here. And then like those guys have all put each other on shows for since the 90s now. Like if you see one person from the first show they were all on together, they're all in movies together, whether they're- Like Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider. They're always yeah. they're in all the same movies. Exactly. And that's another yeah. thing is I listened to uh, to David Spade and a couple of those guys. Or David who, Spade, that's the other one, yeah. Yeah, and they were asking exactly that, like, "Hey, how come you guys are all in these movies together?" And they were like, "Well, first off, we do like we do like each other." They were like, "But knowing that you have somebody who's going to show up that you can count on, that's reliable on the set, they're going to do their job." They're like, "There's so much to be said for that," and and that's really yeah. what I think is is the biggest thing from that is if you do what you say and you get a reputation of being somebody who's reliable, maybe the pool business isn't what you want to be doing right now. But people that are, are top performers are going to see that in you. And that's what's going to get you that other opportunity yep. instead of half-assing it because you're not where you want to be immediately. And I mean, I, mean that, I feel like that's every part of success, no matter what you're talking about at that point. So that was huge, man. I think that's great value that people probably think they know, but they don't implement. Yeah, it, 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 that's the thing. Everybody knows it, <laughs> but who implements? It, it's a matter of doing it and actually saying that because I can almost guarantee you if somebody... It, if you asked the guy that did that to me, if he would do it, absolutely. That's a, that's a big thing for me, you know, integrity, blah, blah, blah. But then he turns around and does that, you know, (laughs) it's like everybody says it, but who's going to do it. That's what it really comes down to. Exactly, man. And that's kind of why I like some of the, the same way I like the jujitsu guys, like they they become reliable for me. Like I know a certain thing at a certain level, we're finding that a lot with like the mastermind guys where, you know, we all kind of started out as strangers. And now, you know, even though there's new guys, I feel like we're kind of the, like the seniors in there now, you know, we all kind of know how each other work. We know each other's humor and stuff. And, and that becomes cool when, you know, you have somebody reliable and and somebody you could trust, which I think is huge in business now. So parlaying that now into real estate, I know, you've done a bunch of different things. I know you mainly focus out of Cincinnati, but I do want to hear a little bit about your business model. And then we'll talk about how you set it up with private money. Um, but I know I'm, I'm also interested because I I've had discussions with you and been on discussions with you where we talked about, you know, dominating the Cincinnati market. And then we go, but yeah, but there's better opportunity. Like maybe I'll go to Florida. Maybe I'll do some of these other markets, mm-hmm. but I've talked to enough investors now that the ones that stay and they dominate their small markets do great. And the yep. ones that go and they scale up to some of these more competitive markets, they do great. So, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's just a matter of where you're going to focus is where you'll be successful. But talk a little bit about your, your current mar- model and some of the things that you're looking to grow into other markets. Yeah. So what we're doing right now, we're mainly focused on wholesaling. Um, 
we were doing fix and flips uh, for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and then quickly came to realize as part of the, uh, as part of my, you know, self, uh, self-awareness that I'm not a details person. So <laughs> I know everything about flip, flipping a house. I, I, I've been a part of basically every level from digging the foundations all the way up to roofing, like literally, and everything in between, I've been a part of it at some level. So I know how to do all of it, but managing that process and all those little details, um, it's just not, it's just not my strength. So we're going to start back up, starting back up now that I'm, I'm partnering up with some different people um, that aren't strong, that are strong where I'm not. Um, and so we're getting back into flipping now. We're actually doing, uh, we're closing on three of them this month to flip. Um, so it's like we went from nothing to now we're just going all in on it. So, I mean, whatever, it kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, so we're doing, uh, last year we did almost 60 deals. We should have done 60, but um, title issues stopped two of them. So we got to 58 last year. Um, but, uh, this year we want to do 120 all here, uh, in Cincinnati. Um, you know, you hear about, you hear about people that are like, I'm going to do a couple here. I'm going to do a couple here and in there. And, and I'm a believer in you go deeper rather than wider because when it does dry up the deep, the deep holes got water in it. So if, if you're cast real shallow across the whole thing, um, you know, across the whole country, when stuff starts to change a little bit, you're probably, you're probably going to dry up. Your hole's going to dry up. So I'm a believer in going deeper rather than, uh, rather than wide. I mean, we can go wide eventually. Um, once we go deep here now, um, one of the other things we are going to do with, which is part of a completely different strategy is, um, starting to buy in some of those more volatile markets buy hold them for a few years uh you know basically it's it's uh lee carney that's that's obviously where we met um that's his kind of strategy um as well is to just basically buy up everything you can get in these markets that do this so cincinnati like when cincinnati gets crushed in a real estate market like i mean what do we go from a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house and that house is now worth two hundred to two ten? You know, I mean, it's not it's not a big shift. But you go down in South Florida, or Tampa, or Phoenix, or Vegas, or someplace like that, and you'll get a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Now that was worth that that they they were selling for thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars back in 2008, 2009. So it's like, we don't get those big shifts here. So we have to go outside of our market if we want to ride that appreciation up. So once the market does shift, um, I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a, you know, a, uh, you know, trademarked model or anything. It's buy low and sell high. I mean, that's what it is. So that's part of, that's part of what, what we're going to do in the future. So probably Phoenix, Vegas, Tampa, uh, places like that will be in our future. Nice, man. I think that that's awesome. And I, 
I've subscribed to both models. You know, I spent years doing the shallow thing across a lot of different places. And I think that the thought process behind that was I didn't have to dominate any market. I could have a few here, a few here, a few here, and a few here. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing now the benefit to also going deep is I don't have to keep now I, I've got to build a new team here. I got to try out new people here. I got to get a new title company. I got to learn a new pocket. I got to learn the values. Whereas like you start to become an expert in that. You just start to know, okay, I got a property over here. I know exactly what it'll sell for. I know exactly what it'll fix up for. I know the guys that I can send over there. So I do like yep. both. And, and I love your strategy because that that is exciting when you talk to a guy like Lee Kearney and he's literally saying, I bought this property at 40,000. I sold it four years later for 250. I bought it back from the guy who, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. they're literally trading the same deal at like three different price points over seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine years. So it's it's great. I, I love surrounding myself with people who were investing before the crash because that, I mean, I started during the crash. So it, it was a weird time, right. but I learned so many really great things that I didn't appreciate then that I'm definitely going to benefit for not not taking a hit there. But yeah, when you're right. when you're switching that up, what what's like the average price point or the average profit that you're looking at in the Cincinnati market? As far as for assignment fees and things like that? Yeah, just like what's a, well, first off, for the assignments, are, are most of your buyers, are you wholesaling deals to, to flippers or are you wholesaling a lot of your deals to cash flow buyers? Honestly, it's a mix of both. We've, we've done a, we've really focused on, um, on building that buyers list of, basically anybody that wants to buy property. You see a lot of these guys that that kind of do the high level thing. Um, they'll come in and they'll have, they'll, they'll sell to the funds and things like that, you know, which that's easy. Anybody can do that. But we actually really have a pretty good mix of your everyday flipper. We got some buy and hold guys. We got some funds. Um, you know, it honestly, it's all over the place with us. We don't, and and I think that's part of why we're doing well, is we're we're trying to dive in on everybody that's buying in the area, not just the biggest buyers. So we'll sell to some people that do two houses a year, and that's okay. Like we've got we've got them out in some in some outlier, more rural areas that you know those guys are happy doing that. Um, you know, where the funds don't buy, but you, you would talk to other people that would come into town and they'd be like, there's nothing out there. You know, there's not, I can't, I can't do anything out there. It's like, we love it out there because, you know, we're in tune, you know, it, and it's a matter of really dialing in on where on your local market. So no, I mean, I, I think that's part of our success and part of why we will be successful is diving into the dispo side of it which everybody overlooks by the way nobody focuses on dispo everybody focuses on oh i need better acquisitions guys i need acquisitions guys acquisitions guys acquisitions yeah that's a big part of it but if you can't get rid of them after they after they sell them or after they acquire them then what you're gonna back out on all of them well that goes against everything i you know that goes against you know, everything I know, I, we do our absolute best to never back out on anything. Like we even take down stuff that we shouldn't even buy because if somebody's, if somebody's counting on me to take that down, it's an integrity violation for me to, to not do that. If they're really counting on me, there's some people are like, Oh, that's fine, whatever. And, (laughs) and that, you know, they don't care. Um, But 
no, I, we do our absolute best to not back out, which is also what sets us apart as well. I love that. Do, do you get testimonials from people that you're dealing with to help build their credibility up? <laughs> you know, we're t it's, those are one of the little details. We have some, but um, no, I mean, we need to. God bless it. I second that too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> we're so bad at it because it, it's just, you know, you're running and gunning and you're just trying to focus on, you're, you're just trying to focus on getting the next deal. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's part of, we need to do better at that. That's going to be my takeaway for this episode. I always try and take something and implement it. I'm right. going to have my assistant reach out to a bunch of people and start getting testimonials to pop into yeah. a website or something like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so with, with the, with the dispo side, when you're sending out properties, do you just blank it out? Okay. Here's a property and you send it out to everybody and see who wants it. Or are you having specific conversation with the VIP buyers first and giving them first crack or only sending them stuff that they've asked for? Like, how do you work your model as far as marketing that property? Yeah. So we do, we give a first crack. Like, I mean, and, and obviously because I'm local, I know people who are going to be more interested in certain parts of town. So if we do get some in certain parts of town, we just call up, you know, some of the people we know want stuff in there even if they don't, they, they wouldn't be considered on our VIP list. I know there's a guy up in Fairfield. If I, if I have anything in Fairfield, I know who I'm calling. I'm not going to send it out to my list. I'm just going to send it out to him. And he knows that. So, but, and he, and he, and, the, and people appreciate that when you give them that instead of, because those other funds, they would also love to buy that same property, but I don't give them the opportunity, which is that a good business idea, a strategy or not? I don't know, but it helped it, you know, to me, it goes back to integrity and I keep saying that, but I mean, it's that important to us. So no, but generally um, we have our VIP list, you know, 10, 15 people that, that do high volume. We'll send it out to them first and they get 24 hours to look at it. And if they don't look at it or respond or basically lock it up in that 24 hours, then we send it out to everybody else. Um, but what, ha what seems to happen all the time is like the VIPs don't get to it. It gets sent out to everybody else and the VIPs then see it once because they're on that list too. So they're like, oh, hey, I want to go see this one. I'm like, oh, we got, you know, four other people going, oh, what happened? It's like, we'll check your email. Like you should have responded the first time and then we'd be fine. But so, yeah, it happens though. Nice, man. So like, what's, what's an average fix and flip deal? Like some of the stuff you just locked up under contract, like what are the numbers for buying rehab and resell look like for you and your market? Yeah. So the one we got, we bought it for uh 120. We'll put 40 grand into it and we'll sell it for 230. Nice. Um, um, and that includes our assignment fee in that because that's part of the other part of it is, if I am going to take something down, I can't rob from one side of the company to give to the other. You know what I mean? So anything that we do, if we, if it comes from our marketing and we partner up with somebody else or whatever, I'll always take the assignment fee and it may be a little smaller, you know, maybe a couple thousand bucks less. Um, but I'm not going to rob from that side of the company to do more rehab deals or whatever. You know, I'm not going to do that. Um we got another one. The other one that we did, we uh, were buying for 150 and um, we're going to put 60 in it. 
and we'll sell that for three, we'll put 65 in it and we'll sell that for 320, 325. Um, and another one, a little goofy one bedroom house. Apparently there's this, there's this part of town in Norwood that has a bunch of one bedroom houses and they look like a normal house. Uh, you would think it's a two or three bedroom house, but it's just a one bedroom house and they sell it. So I'll, we're buying that one for 57. Uh, needs about five grand. We'll put about five grand into it. Basically paint the walls and refinish the floors and change out the countertop. And that's all we're doing. Um, five, six grand. And we'll sell that for about a hundred between a hundred and 110. So, you know, not, you know, and in that, so we got one that we'll make a bunch on. And then, you know, that we, I would consider that more of a triple or a home run. Then we got our singles and doubles in there too, but you know. I love that, man. It's people forget everybody. They hold out. Even people that I send deals to sometimes they, they wait and they wait and they wait for the perfect deal or they'll counter me on something ridiculous and they'll say, well, you know, I'm really looking for a, a better return or more profit. And I go, okay, well, tell me what that better return is. Tell me what that profit is. And when they go, well, I'd buy it for this. I go, great. Send me the last few deals you bought at that price that give you that cap rate or that profit or that return on that price point. And if you can show me those, I'll buy those from you because that shit doesn't exist. And you're going to be like, you know, they right. sit on the sidelines and they, and they wait for the imaginary deal. Whereas yep. like the singles and the doubles are what win games. That That's how people 100%. Would have put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, but he couldn't keep his mouth shut. So <laughs> uh, just hitting a bunch of singles, but it just it just hitting singles. And that's it. You ain't got to be Barry Bonds. You can be Pete Rose and you're still in the Hall of Fame yeah. hitting singles. And that's all you hit is singles. I mean, that you know, I, I think I think a lot of people do that. You know, I talk to local wholesalers here that, you know, oh, how are you doing this and this and that? And we're doing the same stuff. The difference is we're just swinging the bat more. That's it. You want to hit more balls? swing the bat more that's it like that's the that's the key swing more it's not hard ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers dan lamagna dan lamagna has played in such bands as crown of thorns suicide city biohazard the real mckenzie's sworn enemy the walls of jericho he has played all over the world, and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word DRUMMER, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833 632 Zero five eight five. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now, as, as far as your funding on that, what are you doing for, for funding most of those deals? How are you putting that together? So we're using a combination of institutional and private. So we're using, using uh, institute, you know, your lending home, Lima One, you know, the, anyway, a broker, investment broker. You, you go on hard, hard money initially, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Um, and then for the front side of that, with, with your 10 to 15% that you need to put down, we use private money to, to fill in on that. So what we were doing before was, um, was using all private money. 
well, I mean, when you're spending a hundred grand, 150 grand at a time, it's easy to, it's easy to run out of private money pretty quick. So that's a way where you can chop it up and you could take somebody's hundred grand. Somebody says, Hey, I want to lend Nick a hundred grand. Um, you could then chop that up into five different deals. If you can put 20 grand on each deal rather than just one. Um, if you were rather than just one deal, if you were to uh, put it all and just buy it cash. I love that, man. I think people underestimate that. And that not only helps you be able to do more deals and increase your, 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 your profit, but I think it's an easier sell to the lender because they're making so much more on their cash. Whereas like just mathematically, I I always use that example of like, if you you have a hundred thousand dollar property, it's going to make you 10 grand. You made a 10% rate of return. You take that same hundred, you put 20 on five. Now you made a hundred thousand on your hundred thousand. You literally made a hundred percent cash on cash return. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even the same thing, but people like to, Oh, well, this guy's going to give me a million dollars. All right. Well, that should literally fund all of your deals for a year if you structure that the right way. So I I do love that. And, And you know, it surprises me. It's funny because you know, we have a lot of high level discussions on those masterminds and then I'll jump on with most people and they, they, it, it always comes back to, well, I don't have any money. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if, if you have a property that's got a good spread and it needs a bunch of work, hard money is, and then, well, what's that? Like it, I forget that a lot of people don't even really know what that is that that's out there. They just go, a bank won't lend me money. So how do I buy the house? I don't know anybody with money, but you know, that strategy is, is something that I think people just forget about, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. crazy, but it, it's an amazing asset that, you know, I don't know if there's companies out there that go, you want to buy stock? I'll just lend you a hundred thousand dollars to go buy a crappy stock and you pay me one twice Part of why I love real estate so much, yeah. but what was it initially that got you excited to go down the direction of investing in real estate versus maybe some other asset classes? Well, I mean, you know, whenever you hear anything about, anybody that's got money, you know, everybody owns real estate. So I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, you know, but what I do know is if you just copy what other people are doing, you'll be okay. So it, the way I looked at it, what we call it now, we call it R and D and said, you know, I got to go do some R and D, R and D. was like, Oh, research and development. No rob and duplicate like <laughs> i'm gonna take your idea and i'm just gonna duplicate it and that's it that's how i'm gonna build my business so the way i looked at it was if all these other people have a bunch of money who also own real estate i probably need to get into real estate so that's what ended up getting me into it and then as i as i looked more i was like oh my gosh like just the sky's the limit when it comes to real estate and that's what drives me because my driver is growth and keep that in the back of your head. If I'm looking at growth, well, I don't want to get into a thing like with swimming pools in Cincinnati, commercial swimming pools, you know, how many are there in Cincinnati? Not, not as many as there are houses. So if you're talking about unlimited potential, you know, I, I'm a believer that anything outside of just raw talent and God given ability if there's something that another human being on earth can do, then I can do it too. So, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at that and saying, if I think I can really grow big, do I want to be in an industry that is, that is this, that there's this much potential or do I want to be in one where there's this much potential? Obviously you want this one. 
if you if you truly think you can grow big then well, yeah I, yeah i think that that's important i think it's like you just said with uh it seems like everything came down to first off like the self-awareness of knowing what you're good at do, do you remember what the name of the personality test you took was because i think that that's a great starting point for people no i can't i and i, <laughs> I literally everyone has asked me um and I can't find it. It's basically, it's one of those Tony Robbins things that it was like, what drives you? I, th I think is what it was. I've tried to Google it and I've tried to find it again. And I still remember where I was sitting at. I was sitting in front of 5280 Willow Run or 5820, 5280 Willow Run uh, in Milford. And I took that thing real quick. I had the dump trailer on my truck behind me. And I was like, I'm going to take this real quick before I get out of the truck. And I took it and I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was, it was, it was, so, it was what seemingly it was almost like one of those dumb, you know, things that they do on Facebook. Like which, what, what color potato are you or whatever? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was something like that, but it was like, in, in, it could have been all Fugazi, you know, it, it, we, we never know. But what it did for me was absolutely huge. And it, maybe it guessed the right one for me and really inspired me. I don't know, whatever it is. If that's a placebo, give me another one. Cause that really, that it really affected me and, and it really helped. So. That's awesome, man. I absolutely love that. But uh, you know, knowing what your strengths are and going after it like that, I think is awesome. And it makes perfect sense when you're looking at growth to find something like that. And I think it's amazing too, when you look at just statistically, I wouldn't think that you could make a multi-million dollar company in Ohio on pools when they probably can only use pools three or four months out of the year anyway, but you know, th there's a way to do it. And it's like you said, if you can do it with that and somebody's doing it, I could pick something yeah. that exponentially has more opportunity. So I like yeah. it, man. Your, your decision-making process, I think is very, uh, very logical and interesting. I, I like hmm. it. <laughs> oh, there we go. That was part of, that was part of the issue at the swimming pool company was when I seen it, and I didn't know, I didn't know I was so driven by growth at that time, but I was, Hey, we can do this here in Cincinnati and we can go up and we can be the biggest around and then we can grow. And when then we, when we can grow and go to other places where people look to us as the professionals, then we can raise our price. So then we can make more money by traveling and installing all this, you know, these goofy sanitary systems that they got for the UV and, and uh, you know the, all the different filters and this and that and um that's the way i looked and you could tell by looking at my boss at the time he was terrified of that <laughs> like he was terrified so you know not everybody's built like me i guess exactly well so i was gonna ask about masterminds but you actually just reminded yeah. me now that you're a leader and a boss for you, what does your team look like as far as like, do you have an acquisitions guy? What types of things are you doing to find deals? Like what, what's your structure? Yes, yeah, so we got two acquisitions, um, one dispo, and then I got an operations guy who kind of runs everything and keeps it together. Um, and then an, an assistant. So, uh, and then we have a couple of VAs too that do some um, other stuff, which I don't want to minimize them because AV, she, she does a lot of stuff for us and um, a lot of people minimize, which I don't, I don't understand. There's, you know, whatever, that's a different topic, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So we got a couple of VAs, two acquisitions guys, a dispo guy, an operations guy, and then me, and then an assistant. So a, a very common question starting out, like let's say there's somebody listening to this 
and they're just starting out, they're just scaling up and they're getting to the position that they're going to make their first hire. What do you think the most important first hire is in a real estate business? So I know a lot of people, I know what a lot of people, everybody says, um, mine was different though. Um, I think, I think it comes back to being self-aware of what you're going to do and, and what you want your business to look like in a couple of years down the road. Um, so I think first hire obviously is going to be an assistant so you can free up some time. And I think that's, I think that's pretty common for everybody. Um, but for me, um, I ended up hiring an act, not an acquisitions, a, uh, an assistant, but I probably paid too much, but he was much more than an assistant. So he's now my current operations guy. So I hired him because of his mindset. And I knew that if I wanted to take the company where I wanted to go, then I had to hire somebody higher level. So everybody wants to, well, you know, you can get some, you know, uh, get a VA to help you and do this and that and blah, 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 which is fine. And, and if you have the right personality that works, I didn't have that. If I would have hired a VA, I wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? Because I needed somebody to keep me focused. I'm, I'm pretty good at talking to people and acquisitions and stuff like that. I needed somebody to keep me shoved down the lane where I'm just going out on appointments and that's it. So for me, it was a higher level person um, rather than just a, just your regular run of, mil, run of the mill assistant. A lot of people can can get away with that, and and I would say uh, if you have you know that type of a personality where you, where you're good, you're halfway decent at details. You don't need to hire somebody that has details. I'm horrendous at details. Um, so I guess my point is be self aware and really look at yourself and see what am I good at. And then whatever that is, uh, but also look at what you're bad at and hire for what you're bad at. And then go double down on what you're good at and don't even look back at what you're bad at. I love that, man. I mean, you, you have three very solid foundational common themes of integrity, self-awareness, and reliability or accountability. And I think that that's great, you know, across yeah. the board, no matter what anybody listening to this is doing, I think those principles will help you be successful mm -hmm professionally or personally, just yeah. in general. And, and again, you know, water finds its own level. So I'm always big on like, you know, the, the people that come into your life are, are meant to be there and everybody, the rising tides find each other, which is why yep. I, I really enjoy a lot of this stuff. Even this last mastermind that I wasn't able to physically get there, but um, I logged in as you on my computer a few times. You've convinced <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. But we, we, we got it done, but uh, that was cool. And there was some inspiring stuff in there. And um Talk a little bit about how masterminds have helped you um, surround yourself with people that have helped you raise your game or yeah. hold you more accountable. Like what benefits have you gotten from being part of a mastermind? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's expensive. I mean, that's, a, I think that's what everybody's hang up with it. Um, the reason I did it. So I've been in business for three years and I think if you talk to most people, if they do it on their own, I think most people, uh, probably at our level, at my level or our, yeah, your level too. They've probably been doing it five, six, seven, eight years, maybe a little while. Um, I've been doing it for three years and we're at 60, we're at, we did 
I say we did 60 deals last year. This year we're going to do 120. So it's like to do 120 deals in my fourth year in business, like, I mean, that's, I attribute that a hundred percent to masterminds. Like if you want to grow and get in a mastermind, um, I mean, cause, cause that's what it's all about. You're getting around like-minded people. You know, you don't have the people like the, like you do back home that are like, oh, uh, well, you know, be careful. You know, you might want <laughs> to don't take your risk. Don't be too risky. You know, you got, you know, uh, uh, put food on the table and this and that, but, you know, and obviously nobody's saying don't, you know, don't take your food money and put it on marketing. But I mean, <laughs> you know, hey, whatever you got to do, you got to do. But uh, I, I attribute a high amount of, of the success that we had to masterminds. I mean, and right now we spend about a hundred, about a hundred thousand uh, a year on masterminds between travel and, and then the, you know, the cost to be associated with it and stuff like that. But, you know, the, the level, the level of people that you're around, you can't get that locally because nobody's, nobody's open locally. You know what I mean? Cause you're in your own market. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to tell everybody what you're doing with marketing you know, to the guy that's yeah, yeah, yeah. also marketing to the same stuff, you know? No, I think that that's great. And, you know, I, I, even to, like you said earlier, if there's a human being on the planet that's done something, I know I can do it too. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a huge thing to literally like be sitting next to Chris Kelly when we first started doing the masterminds. Oh, maybe not him. Yeah. Okay. It's bad, bad decision. Maybe not, that's bad. <laughs> you don't want to sit next when to you're sitting guy. next to Lee Kearney or Steven. There you yeah. <laughs> or Alex. Alex is a good guy too, even yeah, though he's go. a foreigner yeah. too. But just not Chris. Just not Chris. Me and Alex talked about you on the podcast that you probably didn't listen to. Oh crap. <laughs> How no, dare you. all jokes is all jokes aside, Chris Kelly. If you have the opportunity to get with Chris Kelly, definitely get with him. But, I, I will say, not not to give a, a cheap plug here, but his fast track me is an outstanding event. It is. It really is. Like in and I mean the stuff that they're doing with data. You know the brains behind it, which is not Chris. Um, <laughs> the brains, but I mean, it, there it is. It is incredible, and it at this point, like, it, and and I don't know if you know, it's obviously not a plug or whatever, but the the price that he's charging now, because it's new, you know what I'm saying? He can't charge the high dollar amounts. Like, if you wait, like, it's going to be a high dollar amount thing. That's the kind of content that that is in there. Like, you can literally change everything like we're going to save just the i mean it's like 2500 bucks right now i i would not be surprised if it goes to five six thousand in in over the next few months over a year whatever because i'll save that amount just in data i'll save that amount just from one thing you know it's yeah. like yeah i mean duh i love that and you can't argue when you, when you literally see somebody go I sat here three years ago. I did 40 deals. The next year I did 80 deals. The next year I did a hundred. Like, it's just, it's awesome to watch. It gets you at the very least, it gets you fired up to just go and like take action and, you know, have different things from it. And I'm like you, that if you take one thing and you implement it, it's going to more than pay for the price of admission for what you went. But I think 100%. people, people go there expecting not in ours, but in other ones that, you know, a lot of the beginner stuff, they go there expecting some magic pill that's going to, well, I'm looking for the thing that's going to get me a lot of money, but I don't really have to do anything. And it's like, well, that right. doesn't, you're just, well, yeah, it's what everybody's money. looking for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's called so. the Powerball. Go play it.
Yeah. And, and it all comes down to like, hey, if what, what you have to do is you have to take the stuff you learn here, yep. implement them, and you have to have self-awareness, accountability, and yep. integrity. So, man, I love that. I might change the name of the podcast to that, you know, or or maybe you should start your own. Integrity, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. That would be, I, I don't know. I think it'd be fun, but I, I now, now I may I may do it where I could like maybe co-host or something, but somebody's got to because I'm not a details guy. Somebody's got to come up with the details, and I'll just bring I'll bring the conversation part in and, and stuff like like that would be okay. But I don't know. Well, so going back to self awareness now, after talking to you about this, I don't think it's that you're not a details guy. I think that you get anxiety about not having the details that really don't matter. Like even before we started recording. And you were worrying about things, but I've been on enough phone calls with you when there was no expectation and we just have great quality conversations yeah. for an hour. And I'm like, that's great content. It's great. But I think like the, like we're the set time of like, we're going to have an agenda. Like you're like, no, no, no. I, you know, I, I don't, I think you just don't like the structure of it, but I think if you were just able structure. to pop on and just structure. start recording when you felt like being chatty and then just air it whenever, man, I think you'd freaking crush it. That would be awesome. That'd be my thing. If we don't have to lock down to a time and we don't have to have a subject, let's just roll with it and see what happens. I'd be cool with that, but that would be terrible airtime though. It would, it would be, I mean, I'd have fun doing it probably, but. No, but it, see, that's the beauty of social media and a podcast is when you feel like it, you jump on and you record it and then you just log five or 10 of them. And then whenever you feel like releasing them, you release them. So you don't have to be locked into a time. It's just when you're feeling it, record some content and then just start to log it. And then, you know, your assistant or who actually, Oh, I owe one of your guys a, a call back. I actually forgot about that. He was nice enough to offer some time to go through some stuff. I got, I got to mark that oh, down. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Tell him I'm sorry. But so I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. We don't have to go into details, oh, but I know in this last mastermind, you came up with a hundred million dollar idea. Yeah. We went to the details of it because I don't want anybody to steal it. But that yeah. type of stuff I think is amazing when you realize who's around you. And I think you started out talking about it going, well, down the line, this is probably something that I would look into. And they were like, hmm? no, no, no. Like that's the thing you're going to do on Monday. And like you went home and started posting. I already met with this guy. He's already lining up funding. This guy's already in like, that is exciting. So without going into detail on specifically what it is, what can you tell me about your, your new venture? So that, that was incredible. Like, so obviously, so you know how it goes at the, at the, uh, at advisors council, we have, they have a challenge each time. And Chris and I, Chris and I generally team up and there was a, there was a, uh, there was some, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for some, uh, there was a challenge to our, to our win a few, a few, a few meetings ago. <laughs> so ever since then, it's been kind of a joke. So that's what we do. And Mike Seidel was fun. not happy. We keep it light. But so they, they come up with hundred million dollar uh, business in 24 months. What is that? Um, and so everybody was doing, you know, kind of what they were, you know, the, was like an idea they already had. I'm going to do a wholesaling company and this and that. And well, and I'm just going to have 70 acquisitions guys like tomorrow. And it's like, okay, like, but that's not a thing. It would be hard to do in 24 months. So me and Chris are sitting there talking and I look over at him and, and we're talking with what we're doing. And I'm like, why are we not doing this right now? And then he's like, yeah, I know. Right. And then, so we keep talking and I'm like, no, like seriously, like you have the data part of it. 
I have the other part of it. Why don't we just go do it right now? And he's like, yeah. So literally we had like 30 minutes to do the thing. 15 minutes of, of that was like, we need to like do this right now. Cause this is stupid. Like we could do this tomorrow. Now, would it be a hundred million dollar business in two years? No, probably not. But because we would need some ramp up time, but it could be a $20 million business in a year or two. So I come home, ended up meeting with the guy. Like I told you, I, you know, I posted on there. I was like, Hey, I'm meeting with this guy. He said, he's all in, you know, and that's what he said. I didn't even get finished with what I was saying. He's like, I'm in. I was like, well, what are we going to, he's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, I'm in. I love the idea. I, I said, well, what about this and that? He's like, I don't care. I'm in. Let's just go. Let's go do it. And, um, you know, he doesn't have anything to do with this type of, a, with, uh, you know, residential real estate or anything. You're, you put an offer in on that big building. And I think that's awesome because we were talking about just the self-belief of like being able to do things and growing with the team. So the one, the one thing that I've learned about real estate is you can go, you can go fast. What, what's that saying? There's a saying, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with the team. And, and I've really embraced that. Um, so what I do now, and, and, and now that I have, we have wholesaling, I have a wholesaling company now in Cincinnati and which is basically, you know, it's all single family, like we said, um, now that that's kind of set up, I, my job is more to go out and find those strategic partnerships for that. We can all grow. And, you know, when I met with that guy, um, about the building, you know, even he said it, he, he, he completely butchered the, the quote, but even he said, you know, he, he said something along the lines of like the rising tide, uh, everybody comes up at the same time or something like that. I mean, <laughs> it was so funny how he said it, but it's totally true. And the saying is the rising tide raises all the ships. So as the tide comes in every, as long as you're in that, in that Harbor or wherever the tide's coming in, you're going up. So if you're in there and everybody goes up together, now some of us have bigger boats, some of us have smaller boats, but at that time, all the boats go up at the same time. Man, I think that that's absolutely awesome. And I agree a thousand percent. So in the, in the, the final lap here, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do you have a favorite book? I do. Um, I've got two of them actually. Uh, one of them is Extreme Ownership. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people know that one, Jocko Willink. Um, that was great for me. I actually just finished that one um, a couple weeks ago. That one was really good. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. Um, but Mark Evans has a book. Uh, it's called Magician versus a Mule. Magician versus a Mule. I'm telling you what, that that book will absolutely if. If you, if you take it and you sit back and when you first start reading it, here's what I would recommend. If you take it, you take it and you look at it and you say, I'm willing to change whatever I have to change and do whatever I have to do in order to accomplish the, the things that I want to accomplish, then read the book and, and just take it and actually follow it. Like, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a game changer for everybody. I tell everybody to read that book. Nice, man. Mark Evans, shout out to him. He's been on the podcast. Great guy. Always uh, bringing it. 
He's got it. I, I don't know if he was still doing it, but for a while he was doing those uh, like coffee with Mark in the mornings and they were great, man. It was like 7 a.m. And he would yeah. just give you that like Mark Evans tough love. And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of get off your ass and make yeah. those for the day. It was cool. It was good yeah. stuff. What is the worst job you've ever had? Worst job. I was a bus boy at Bob Evans. God, <laughs> you know what I did? I was doing, so I was doing concrete before that. I started doing concrete when I was 13 years old. Uh, I started, I started work when I was 11. I started caddying and then I did that for two years. Um, and then I started working for my neighbor when I was 13, worked at a horse farm and did concrete. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I also did some landscaping and other, other stuff in there when I was real young. And then my mom said, I was, I was uh, still in high school. I just turned 16 or 17, something like that. And my mom goes, when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, a real job? I'm like, what's a real job? She's like, I was like, like what? What she meant was, it was working for a big company. Like, because in Toledo, I grew up outside. You have to, you got to frame it. Outside of Toledo, everything is super blue collar. Like you work for a couple, the goal in town is to work for one of the big oil companies. There's a BP refinery and Sun Oil refinery. And then there's a couple, a couple, uh, oh, there's Owens Corning. So there's a couple good jobs. So the goal was to get a good job at a good company. So her goal was to get me to get a job at a big company. So big company, Bob Evans. So I, I went and got a job, Bob Evans. Dude, I think in that time I ate, I, I think I ate my, ate my pay in apple cobbler. Cause <laughs> like you, you'd get half off the, uh, you get half off the, uh, any food you wanted. So I would always eat apple cobbler. Worst job in my life. I absolutely would have done the same thing. So knowing what you know now about life and business, if a younger Dan Garing came and asked you for advice, what advice would you give a younger Dan today? Oh, wow. Um, I probably wish I would have had a little more time to prep for that one. But uh, <laughs> if, if I'm going off the top of my head, um, I would say you don't need to plan as much. Not plan, that's the wrong word you don't need to wait and to, to do bigger stuff. If you want to do bigger stuff, just start into it. I mean, back in the day, I, and, and I always said, well, in order to do, to start flipping houses, cause I've been in construction my whole life. So, you know, flipping houses is kind of a natural thing, natural progression. Um, and it's easy, but I thought in order to start flipping houses, I need to flip smaller stuff. So I flipped cars um a number of years ago so i would buy them fix them up make three four five grand on them you know thousand bucks whatever um and if i knew then what i know now i would have started flipping houses back then and i would have definitely i mean i would be in a completely different spot right now yeah but yeah don't don't think that you need to be farther in order to start doing something. I guess that's my, that would be my advice. No, I love Thank that you. advice, man. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I think people always try and wait for the perfect time. And there's always going mm -hmm. to be an excuse to put it off another day. And you just got to start another yeah. one of my favorite quotes, man. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time today. Hey.
Yeah. Wise words. Yep. I love it, man. So yep. if people want to hear more from the great and wonderful Dan Guerin, who <laughs> drops value, makes me laugh, does all these things, made me cry a few times for not doing the podcast, but we're here now. <laughs> if people want more Dan Guerin, how do they find you? How do they connect with you? Mainly on Facebook. Facebook's the easiest way to get me. Uh, Daniel Guerin, got a picture of me and my wife and stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. And for anybody listening, if it's uh, if you can't find the right Dan Garen, just go on the show notes for this episode, and I'll post links for him um, on yep. on his Facebook and his social media and stuff, so you can click away and connect for sure, yep. man. Well, yep. On, <laughs> on social media, it's Daniel Garen. Daniel Garen. Okay. So yep. we're, we're more yep. official on social. I'm very, media. I'm very official on there. You will if you go on there, you will laugh. You will <laughs> probably also get mad because there's some stuff, but hey, you know what? It, that's me, and that that you know, I have people that you know, we believe the same way and then other people that don't, but as long as everybody respects each other, that's, that's what it comes down to. And some of my, you know, some, I have great friends that we don't, we don't agree on a single thing, but they're still good friends. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but even they get entertainment out of my Facebook. So it's, it's pretty funny. L- love it or hate it. You are a hundred percent entertaining for sure. I'll give you that. <laughs> Well, I'm a fan, awesome. man. I love talking to you. You always make me laugh. You, we always have great conversations. I'm really happy we got to do this. And my suggestion yeah. for you is I think, again, like we were talking earlier, man, I think when you're in a good mood and you're feeling it, you should just queue up and you should give content, man, because you give great content. You have great delivery and you have great personality, man. I think people would love to see and hear more of you. I was saying, I think, I'll think about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, I, but again, you know, just like my advice for 20 years, I, I'll overthink it and I'll be like, no, now's not a good time. You know, <laughs> it's just silly. But no, I, I will take that advice. I'm going to start doing cool, that. Cool, man. Well, any, any final thoughts before we let you go about your day? No, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I appreciate your time. You know, I love it. Um, love talking to you. So Thanks, anytime. Man. Well, I appreciate it, man. We're going to get you back on once you lock in that $100 million business idea. Yeah, but until then, man, you definitely bring your A game. I, I appreciate having you. Daniel Guerin, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh,